0: This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered, giving you an in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day, Unholstered. Guns, guns, guns. Yes, that's what we're talking about today here on Unholstered. Welcome on in. I am just one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. During the week, I host my own radio program uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And on the weekends, I host Unholstered alongside Sophia.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show.
0: And Sophia, you being a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department is what makes this show so unique. (sighs) Every week, we give unfiltered looks at a lot of the stories, topics, events, what have you, that are happening, not only in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but even across the board when it comes to law enforcement. And we're having those unfiltered conversations here every single weekend on this show. So if you've missed any previous episodes, you can download them anywhere you can download a podcast. Uh, But as I said, we're talking about guns today. More specifically, we're talking about perhaps protecting yourself with a firearm. And Sophia, I wanted to dive into this topic because I came across a really... A poll that I found interesting, it wasn't surprising, but the more I dug into this poll um, and this data, the more interesting I thought it was. It's a Rasmussen poll that says gun ownership is up over the last year, so 2021, um, among women and minorities, up 30%. Um, And this poll went along and and asked, you know, all of these individuals why they purchased a firearm. And uh, their, their answers were... Different, but they all came down to the same fundamental reason. And for the most part, it was all about protecting themselves. And I wanted to bring you on because I feel like there's a lot of reasons right now in our society where people feel like they need to protect themselves, whether it's a good reason or a bad reason. People are feeling that need. Um, And I want to start with you in just terms uh, in terms of law enforcement, because I feel like and from conversations we've had and from other conversations I've had with other police officers, The blue line's being stretched pretty thin here. You know, we've got this rhetoric going on of defund the police. And that is actually happening in a lot of cities and towns. So thus, it it causes a lot of people to think they need to protect themselves. They can't rely on the police department. It
1: does. I think the fear is growing. I think every time you turn on the news, there's something new that's coming out. You know, crime stats are soaring. Violent crime stats are soaring in some cities. But, but. There is a correlation to the support of law enforcement in the cities that crime stats are growing. And then the ones that are not, you're not seeing that huge increase like ours here. We have a really good support system from our community, from our administrations, both, both the governmental and our, our own police administration. And I think people feel those, they feel those news reports because they know it's just a matter of... I mean look how fast this happened within the last 2 years we've some of these cities have just they've become unhinged and unsafe to be in.
0: It's so true you know Sophia it's crazy right at the start of the pandemic my husband's one of his best friends called us up he goes hey guys i'm running to the ammo store do you guys need me to pick you up anything
1: yeah, you should have said and yes, well, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I,
0: now I'm kicking myself in hindsight. Yeah. I said to him, I'm like, no, buddy, we're, we're good. We're, we're good on that. And, and my husband, I remember, looked over and he said, are you sure? I'm like, Marty, we, trust me, we're good. You know, I said that to my husband. His name's Marty. And so we didn't have him pick us up any ammo. But not only did he, he bought ammo. He bought another firearm. He bought a gun safe because he was already seeing the writing on the wall, which apparently I wasn't seeing there in the beginning of this pandemic. But you're right. People hear these stories and they're just freaked out. Yeah, and
1: it, it's compounded, too, um, with everything we've been through. But it, I think it's just the medium bombardment in, of of fear. Is it rational fear or is it unrational fear? I, I don't know. It depends on what city you live in. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be violence. No matter where you are, even in the nicest of places, there's always going to be violence. But it is, what is your community standard when it comes to bringing justice to the violence that ha- that happened. So if your community standard is we're not going to do anything, we'll just um, continue to let people do what they do because we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to really focus on the issues at hand. Or are you going to come with a more tougher stance? Well, look, these are issues that are happening. We're going to take them seriously. We're going to um, punish seriously what needs to be punished, try to rehabilitate when we can rehabilitate. But, I mean, if I'm being honest here, not everyone can be rehabilitated. Yeah. I, I hate to say that yeah. because it sounds defeatist and I don't like to sit in and that negativity. Not that kind of I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I try to I try to give people the benefit of the doubt yeah. when I can. But some people don't want to change. Uh, there may be people that do and want to get out of the lifestyle of violence, of guns, of drugs. I, I I get that, and it's hard work. It's super hard work. I mean, anybody in recovery will tell you it's ne- you know you never just go in for the first time and it works poof magically. This is this is repeat recovery um, things that are going on in rehabilitation, but they're still trying. They're you know they'll fall off the wagon, they'll get back on. They'll fall off the wagon. You know, fall down seven, get done eight, get get up eight is you know my mantra. Um, but. There are just certain people that don't want to change, Mm -hmm. and those are the people we need to focus on and figure out what we're going to do so we can stop the violence um, before they just continue to escalate, and they will.
0: Do you think most people do carry or do purchase a firearm simply out of of protection for themselves or their family, or do you feel like— I mean, criminals are criminals. They're the ones primarily carrying. They're going to carry anyway, which I guess they're probably caring for their own degree of protection, too, now that I think about it and say it out loud.
1: Yeah, it's for their, for their protection or their product protection. Yeah, yeah, um, product protection. Yeah. I like so, that. But I think most people carry for the safety of for themselves. I mean, there's always going to be those that carry for the bravado of it. It just it just is going to happen. Yeah. They think, you know, I still, it really irks me when people open carry. I, I get that you Same. can but, man, you're really giving away your tactical mm-hmm. advantage um, if someone was, was to come up on you. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to change their mind on this show, yeah. so I'll let them be. But I think most people are are really looking at everything that's going on around the crime surge, the violent crime surge, and thinking... Man, I don't want to be next, so I'm going to do what I can to protect myself.
0: And I'm, I, I'm encouraged by that. I think that's a good thing. Okay, well, I was actually going to ask you, what do you think about this? I mean, fear is strong. I mean, fear is huge. Fear is, yeah, I mean, and it's like you said, it's rampant right now in our country, and fear has been, and it's growing significantly over the last two years. So there's a part of me, and I'm a proud two A supporter. I own multiple firearms myself, but there's a part of me that I, I'm not sure how I feel about people owning and walking around with a firearm just because they're scared because you can do a lot of silly, stupid things when you're scared.
1: True. I want people to carry, but I want them to carry responsibly. And when I say that, I mean get into a gun class, know how to use that gun, know how to work malfunctions because it will happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, this isn't the movies. We're not going to pull out our gun and we're not going to be, you know, The Rock going on the rampage or or Liam Neeson, you know, getting your daughter back from you know, after she's taken. That's not how this works. This is real life. You have to know in your heart, are you able to pull that trigger and potentially kill someone? Are you
0: willing to use that Yeah, because
1: it's it's huge to carry and to pull it out and to actually fire at a a living person, no matter what they're doing. It's still hard. Is it easier for other people like me? Probably. I'm not saying I got evil intent in my heart or I want to kill anybody, but... My job and my function and what I'm trained to do is to protect. Mm-hmm. Whether it be you, Kayla, or someone else on the street, or myself or my family. Um, I have a mindset of that. Most people don't. And I'm glad for that. Me they too. They shouldn't <laughs> have that mindset. Not everyone yeah. can go around with that mindset. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to carry, I want you to do it responsibly. And that means locking it up when it's not in use. Uh, taking the ammo out when it's not in use. If you, especially if you have children. Um, we have had so many children pick up firearms yeah. oh, and yeah. shoot each other, themselves, a parent, all over this country. It's not just here in our area, um, and that's not responsible gun ownership. And I want I want people to take the necessary steps.
0: You bring up a good point again and talk about fear, and then how that can of correlate to responsibility. And the reason I think I get, like I said, a little bit nervous about all of these fearful people now essentially running around with firearms. And I'm not saying all, but just for sake of conversation here, real life experience. When I purchased my first handgun, I was taking the introductory course of how to use it, how to load it, how to clean it, all that stuff. Right. And I was taking the introductory course. There's maybe seven or other eight folks in this course with me. And I was sitting right next to a woman who it was her first firearm ever. And it was a handgun. She's sitting next to me. She didn't even want to take it out of the box. I'm like, hey, are you doing this? Are you OK? What's going on? And she's like, I don't, I don't even think I want to touch it. She's that scared that she doesn't even want to take her firearm out of the box. wasn't even loaded at the time. She doesn't. She didn't want to load it. And and I I watched her very closely through the whole class, and I'm like, man. And again, proud 2A supporter here, but I I felt uneasy next to this woman, and I felt even more uneasy when we went to the range with our firearms. And i was like, yep, <laughs> yeah, not scary, standing near here. Scary times. Yeah, um, and,
1: they, and I, they can be. Yeah. I'm looking as you tell that story. I'm looking at it as a different way. I'm actually. Proud of her. Okay. For not taking it out of the box because she wasn't comfortable. Yeah. That's the place is the time to leave it in the box yeah. until you get comfortable. I think that was a big first step for her. And I applaud her from going and trying to see, get it. This is educated. why I gotta tell you
0: these stories before we go on the show and do this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can give me some perspective. Just perspective
1: just yeah. different. Yeah. I see it as a maybe this was a baby step for her yeah. and maybe this was a move for her that she really struggled with. And I applaud her for taking it. Um just because you go to that class doesn't mean you have to shoot that gun. Right. I'm glad yeah. she went just to get educated. Yeah. If she wasn't comfortable, I'd rather her leave that gun in the box and not be comfortable but still listen and watch other people. She did people. shoot it.
0: She did, she did shoot it. And I,
1: if I was the instructor, I probably would have been right there with yes. her because I knew her uneasiness on, on yeah. it. Um, and I probably would have pushed her away from other people too. <laughs> well, I did <laughs> that, that on my own. Me. I was like, "Yeah, nope, I'm going to go to and this lane." <laughs> but see, that's your awareness, yeah. right, of your surroundings. And we talked yeah. about that on another show, right, with Mike Vanover, where we're yep. aware of our surroundings. Perfect place for that is to be aware of your surroundings on a gun range because mm-hmm. not everybody knows what they're doing. Right. Um, you can see people turning around and, and pointing firearms at people, and ah, what are you doing? Yeah. And, um, so, I think. I think people need to go at their own pace, but they need to go they need to go not like I've said before with your second cousin's sister's brother's yes. friend Amen. who knows how yes. to fire a gun. No, get in a class with a certified instructor. Um, there are several around here that you can choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, But get in there and understand the mechanics of that gun, understand malfunctions, understand your legal and moral obligations with a firearm, because those are just as important. Because if you fire that gun and you are not in a position where you can legally do that, you're going to prison. And I don't want to see that from someone that's just trying to do the right thing. But, man, you've got to know what your what your legal obligations are and what the law is pertaining to you, because it's different from my law Mm -hmm. that I have to follow. Um, because the court sees me differently than it does an average citizen.
0: Which it kind of brings <clears> up another good point, Sophia, too, at least in terms of this this story that I'm telling, a real-life story that happened, I want to say maybe it was a year ago, give or take. Um, just because you buy a firearm, and you've taught me this lesson as well, doesn't mean you're protected. No. Doesn't mean you're going to be protected.
1: No, it doesn't. There are several people who are able to take firearms away from the best of people. Yeah. Um, I've, my husband was a martial artist and I remember we, uh, we'd train and I'd train on gun retention and man, could he take that gun for me? But like, understand he'd been in martial arts for several years and he was, he was very good at what he did. Um, but we worked on some stuff and I became better able to control my weapon. Um, and he taught me a lot of things, but if you're not training to that, all the time. Which I would argue probably most people are not. 99.9% of the people are yeah. not. 99.9% of the people are probably not training at all. They probably go to their first gun class and that's the last time they yeah. ever go to a range, a gun class. This is continuing education. If you want to be proficient and able to protect yourself in any kind of situation, this is constant training. We do constant training. We do, I mean, we've got four hundred you know eighty people to get through training. So you know, four times a year, we have to qualify with our weapon. We have to pass the test. No
0: kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah, we have four to pass times a, a year. four
1: times a year. Um, And they give us several different scenarios on how to shoot, shoot, don't shoot scenarios. Uh, we're training all the time. We have open range. We can go in and train as well. So we're constantly training with our weapons because we have to. Same for the public. They should always be training and you should find friends to train. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to train. You don't always have to go shoot. It's about trigger control. It's about sight placement. It's it's there's so many things. And now they have the, all these like cool laser mm-hmm. target oh, things yeah. that you don't have to even buy ammo yep. t- to practice with. But I would encourage people to do that. You have to be comfortable with this. You have to be comfortable where you're drawing from it. You know, you have a holster, you have a you know. Mm-hmm. A, what are you what are you carrying? How are you carrying I tell you it? You a
0: couple of classes I've taken before because uh, I, I bought a holster, which I was very uncomfortable with. It was not a t- kind that I was used to having before. And my instructor literally made me go outside and run around the building. He timed me for how long I ran. I can't maybe five minutes, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't remember. But then come back in and have to shoot. Yeah. To give you that w- real-world scenario of my heart was racing, mm-hmm. I was tired, how quick could I draw, what, you know, how well was my aim? Yeah. I'd never taken a class like that before.
1: Yeah, those and, are amazing. We've done yeah. trains like that. We we had a punching bag, and we had to go for two minutes. Punch, oh, wow. punch, 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 punch. And then we had to pull our weapon and shoot. Um, and it just gets you in a mindset, like I've said before on the show, once you do it, you it's in your brain. Mm-hmm. It might be way in the back. But if you need it, it will, that your, muscle memory. your brain will recall that event like, oh, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. I can do this. So that's why I say train for different scenarios, train for different ways. Um, there, There's a lot of weirdo people on the internet, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of good people on the internet putting up good videos, hmm. um, training videos, and things. You just kind of decipher. And you know, you can tell. You know, yeah, you, you can yeah. tell who's who's kind of the weird person and who's the so more professional. Kind
0: of going back to this poll then, Sophia, when we're talking about specifically <clears throat> again, this this poll said, you know, gun ownership up among minorities and women 30%. Do you feel like that is a good way for people to protect themselves? Or what do you feel like is the best way for people to protect themselves? Because again, also kind of going back to what I'm calling this thin blue line that unfortunately a lot of towns, a lot of cities uh are experiencing a lot of police layoffs. There's been uh, lots of police officers have been down for the count because of COVID. Uh, I mean, there's, again, the defund the police. So again, people are feeling this need. I better protect myself. Do you feel like this is a good option for people?
1: Maybe, Um, but it's not the only option for people. Uh, If you're not comfortable with that weapon, even after you take a class, then you probably shouldn't have it. Because you're not going to be able to use it and you're probably going to end up hurting yourself or someone's going to take it and hurt you with it. Uh, And I don't want that. There are several ways to protect you in your home. I mean, there's alarms, cameras, uh, you know, even a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if you're just not comfortable with a gun, then don't don't even go there. Um, I have friends. uh, We talked a bit before the show. One of my friends called me this past week and. She lives in a nicer neighborhood down in Carmel, and there was a murder in her neighborhood just a few hours down. Oh, and then the suspect was out wandering around. And I'm, I, I've always encouraged her. I said, I just want you to try it. I said, I'll just bring my gun down. We'll go to the range. You yeah. know, we can, we can just play around. She's like, nope, 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 nope. And so I'm like, this is why I, mm-hmm. I said because I. I I fear for my friends. I mean, I love my friends. I don't yeah. want anything to happen to them. And when I hear something like that, I hear someone with obvious issues um, doing harm to their own family, and then they're walking around in the neighborhood. And I'm like, you know, but they have a dog, so I know that you know she's protected. Things like that. But it still concerns me, yeah. and that. That those kinds of things concern me and just because I have a closeness.
0: That's kind of an interesting uh, thought as well. It's, it's funny. One of the radio stations where I work, they were doing uh, their own poll, if you will, of what people use for self-protection. And I was actually kind of reading through some of the the things that people submitted. Obviously, a lot of people said, I own a firearm. I own multiple firearms, right? There obviously Mm -hmm. were those folks. But then you had folks saying, like, your baseball bat response. I had a lot of people saying, I sleep next to a golf club um, in bed. A lot of folks were saying, I keep pepper spray Mm -hmm. in my nightstand. Uh, A few said they had a machete. I thought that was another topic of conversation. (laughs) Um, Knives were brought up as well. Uh, But that's such a good point. Yes, we have alarm systems systems and firearms, but there are other options, believe it or not. And I was actually really, I don't, pleasantly surprised, I guess, that there are a lot of people taking these precautions down to the point where you're sleeping next to a golf club, which I love golf as much as the next person, right? <laughs> uh, but I don't think I'm going to sleep with my 9-iron, you know? No, they're too expensive, right? They're way really, really too expensive <laughs> for that. that. Uh, but, but that is a good point, Sophia. If you don't feel comfortable with a firearm, have some level of... Yeah. Perhaps a protection, at least in your home.
1: Yeah, but get educated first and know that you're not comfortable because it may just be that you're. It's the unknown that makes you uncomfortable. But yeah. if you get in a yeah. class and you try something, then you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Because I'll tell you, um, it's very empowering as as a female. And
0: yes, it is. I think um, that's to go why to the like range and shoot <laughs> yeah.
1: and just learn how to do that well. Yeah, and it's it's just fun too. It's it's you know to get. But together with a bunch of your girlfriends and kind yep. of just have a range day or something. Or a, a lot of my friends um, are, are officers and female officers, so we a lot of we them all have know ra- what
0: Sophia does in her yeah. free time. So we all you know, some of them
1: have ranges at their houses and stuff like that. So you know we can just go out and have a, a day there. Um, but it's just fun to yeah. do, and like I said, very empowering. And I don't want you to just count it before you've even considered yeah. it. So maybe get into a class, try it out, do a beginner's class, learn about it. Um, I took a class with some of my girlfriends. It was a beginner class because some of them were, were brand new and I just went through it with them just for kicks and there was a nice video that they played and it was about an incident here in Fort Wayne. It was an armed robbery and this, this guy was carrying. He was a concealed carrier and he was inside this building and It was getting robbed and he entered, got into a gunfight with the perpetrator and it was a gunfight and he was saying how unprepared he was oh, wow. even though he was a carrier and he went to the range all the time. It was not the experience he thought it was going to be when it actually happened. So the video wow. was very powerful in just I guess giving you information that yeah, even though you go to the range and you practice and you think you're prepared when it comes down to it, you, most of the time you're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What right now cuz at least in the state of Indiana where we are. Yes. Our gun laws are um, <laughs> yeah, we've been having this conversation for a few weeks, haven't we? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've been talking about it a lot off the air. But I do, here, I guess what I want to do, I don't want to get into the politics of it, Sophia. Yeah. If people listen to my show on a regular basis, they already know where I stand on this. But yeah. I just want to get into the, of where the law stands now. Because there's so many people confused with legislation that was trying to be passed but didn't get passed. And now I, I'm getting an indebted with questions. I'm sure you guys are as well. People are just so confused. So can you just kind of... Go over the basics for us.
1: Yeah, so right now, nothing has changed. Yes. There were proposals that the State House had brought up, and it had passed, and then they watered it down, and they changed it. But as it stands right now, it's it's stalled. Um, so it didn't make, make some sort of deadline. I Correct. forget in what portion. Um, but as it is, you still have to have a license to carry. You cannot carry a handgun on your person unless... Um, you are going to the range. You can carry it, but it has to be unloaded in your trunk. Correct. Yep. Um, and you can go to the range without that carry permit, uh, but you cannot carry like out. And you can't open carry. You can't yeah. conceal carry in public without the license. Uh, And this legislation
0: would have got rid of that license, but just ignore that legislation, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't even say,
1: let's just take it all off the table. There's nothing. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. changed. And we will let you know on this show, I promise. The second it is (laughs) changed. The second it does change. So,
0: And I also want to clarify, too, that that does not pertain, though, for having a firearm as protection in your home. Correct.
1: You are constitutionally protected as long as you are not a serious, violent felon. Um, from having you can have a firearm in your home you do not need a carry permit for that so you can go and you can still buy a, a firearm you'll go through a federal background check you didn't, and that's where it stops you don't have to have another license to but if you want to carry that firearm outside of your home um, then you have to have it
0: when it comes to this legislation um, in terms of kind of doing away with the permitting process, can you kind of just give us the overall stance of most law enforcement? Why? why and, 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 you know, the head of the Indiana FOP here in our, you know, in, in Indiana has been really vocal about this. So I don't feel like I'm not saying anything that most people don't know already know. Uh, but I would say your majority of law enforcement officers were not in favor of this legislation. Are you kind of able to just kind of real quick, like put a little bow on as to why?
1: Wow, it's nothing real quick about that No, there's question. not, but you've only
0: got like three minutes, okay. so I need you to do your best. <laughs> all right.
1: So, yes, there's not a law, bunch of law enforcement people that are behind this constitutional carry. And, and there's just a lot of reasons why, but there are several things. And, and I hear people saying all the time, it's your constitutional right. But we put limitations on constitutional rights all the time. We have IDs for voting. We have you know, curtails on free speech. You can't just say whatever you want all the time. So yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So there's there's limitations on some things, and I think that those are good. Uh, but they've gone through the process. And this is why we have elected officials. This is the process. Whether I like it or not, we went down there as officers. Two of our own officers from the Fort Wayne Police Department testified mm. before the state legislature about this issue. Uh, we were not in favor of it, and they gave a bunch of reasons why. Um, And it it's just it's hard, it makes it hard for us to
0: because you you would no longer be able to look. Let's say you were you were pulling me over for something and yeah. I don't know whether it was suspicious for what you can't look to see if I'm a permit holder then. Right.
1: Yeah. So that would be null and void. I mean, you could be I, I assume most people are right. Most officers as an officer, assume, I think yeah. that everyone's armed. That's just my the way I operate. Right. I am a skeptical person.
0: Uh, <laughs> I feel like in right your job. You have to be. You have yes. to assume everyone's caring. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: but now I'm not just vigilant. I am hyper vigilant to paranoid vis- vigilant yeah. because now I know I can't. When when I usually what happens is if you have a good dispatcher, they've run the plate, the owner of the vehicle, they've already run them for the driver's license. But as you run that. And check for warrants as a good dispatcher would automatically. Your licensing pops up, and mm-hmm. then they inform us, Hey, this is a permit carrier. Mm-hmm. But I know most of the time, I know if you've got a permit that you're probably an okay person, law abiding. Yeah. Um, and Dude. most people that I've encountered that have that tell me, I have a file. Well, I said, You
0: run into that because most people that again are your law abiding citizens with their yeah. permits usually say, Hey, officer. I have a firearm, I have a permit, it's on my person or in my... Uh, be- like, usually people say that, right?
1: I love when people say okay. that. Doesn't mean I'm not I'm letting my guard down, but it brings awareness yeah. to a situation where I was unsure before. And for me, that's huge. Um, then I can say, okay, just leave it where it is. Please do not make any sudden movements. I will be right back. Um, and then we go from there. But um, it just makes me aware of the situation and what's really there.
0: Well maybe that's something uh, I know it's such a loaded conversation and quite frankly I don't even know if we could get through it in 30 minutes on this show <laughs> Probably either. Probably not. Uh, but maybe over the days and weeks ahead as as we as we finally know what happened with this legislation we don't have to deal with amendments and hypotheticals and provisions and all of that uh, which is what was going on you know in the state house with it. Maybe we can dive more into it in the weeks ahead but for now Sophia do we know what we're doing next week or not? Oh my gosh, I am like <laughs> so really pressure. behind the eight ball these last few
1: weeks and trying to find find topics, but uh, I don't know. But we'll make it something interesting. And it's only 27 minutes, and I feel like it's just never enough it's to cover It's never enough time. In. And as
0: always, if you've got a topic or something you want us to dive into or maybe touch on uh, or elaborate on even more, you can always text us at 46862. Please put the word UNHOLSTERED in your text uh, so know that we know that it's coming to us. And as always, if you've missed any previous episodes of UNHOLSTERED, you can download us anywhere you can download a podcast. It's your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.